You're listening to What's New with Wired. It's Wednesday, March 29th. I'm Zeke Robison. Today we ask, what time is it on the moon? Make sure to listen to the end to find out what other Wired podcasts you can check out today. In 2025, astronauts will begin returning to the moon, eventually building bases and space stations, putting robotic landers and rovers to work and mining for resources. In this bustling new era of lunar activity, they'll need to synchronize with each other, but so far there is no agreed-upon time system or zones, and there's neither GPS nor internet on the moon. Setting those up will require developing new technologies on Earth to be deployed 239,000 miles away. Javier Ventura Traveset, an engineer at the European Space Agency, is leading this work with a project called Moonlight, which aims to design satellites for astronauts and robotic explorers. Moonlight and its U.S. counterpart, the Lunar Communications Relay and Navigation Systems, will support NASA's Artemis program, and the work is raising questions about whether the moon should have a single time zone and how that would work. NASA's Apollo missions didn't need all this stuff. A few astronauts visited, completed their work, and then flew home. But space agencies' plans for the 21st century call for a permanent human presence on the moon, potentially with people from Europe, the U.S., Japan, China, and Canada there at the same time. Up to now, when you have a mission on the moon, you would always synchronize with the time zone on the Earth. But we'll have many missions in the future, and having a common reference time is really needed, Ventura Travesset says. That poses logistical and engineering challenges and gives rise to significant political and philosophical ones. What is time on the moon? Pretty much everyone agrees on the definition of a second, but that's not really helpful when it comes to navigating everyday life. People need larger chunks of time to do things like set a clock or run a computer or know when to go to work or how long it takes to get from point A to point B. On Earth, we use a 24-hour day, based on the planet's rotation and cycles of light and dark, to which our circadian rhythms are tuned. Whether space agencies adopt a single time zone or several hasn't been decided yet, Ventura Traveset says. Given the moon's slow rotation, he thinks it makes sense to have fewer than Earth's 24 zones. To him, one zone would be the most practical and natural. We'd reproduce something like coordinated universal time so astronauts could follow a 24-hour cycle as they do on the International Space Station. Sure, each day will be out of sync with the moon's light and dark periods, but he doesn't think it makes sense to have a weeks-long day followed by a weeks-long night. But he does note one counter-argument. A 24-zone system would make it easier for astronauts from different countries to communicate with people in their home regions. After all, sinking between heavenly bodies has been a constant challenge for operators of missions to Mars. The Martian day, or Sol, is 24 hours and 39 minutes. That's 3% longer than an Earth day, and it has made things difficult for the operators of NASA's Mars rovers, who have to spend their work lives on Martian time and their personal lives on Earth time. If the experience of continuously changing local time every day sounds like it could feel like relentless jet lag, you are correct, Zara Mirmalek, a social scientist at NASA Ames Research Center and author of Making Time on Mars, wrote in an email to Wired, Working remotely can have its drawbacks. Erica Nesvold, space ethicist and author of the book Off Earth, also asks, Who gets to decide what time it is on the moon? These decisions are often politically fraught on Earth, and they could prove to be so on other worlds. Consider the confusing wiggly lines of our planet's time zones. Some vast countries like China operate on a single time. 
Others, like Iran, are offset from their neighbors. And of course, there's that perennial dispute about daylight saving time, which this year gave rise to two rival time zones in Lebanon. If it looks like space agencies in Europe and the U.S. are imposing lunar time zones, she says other nations could consider it a step toward colonialism on the moon. The current effort isn't completely limited to Western nations, Ventura Trevesset argues. For these time-related decisions, his team is working with an interagency organization that includes Chinese observers. The ESA and NASA groups are also planning to provide recommendations that could be discussed at the International Astronomical Union, whose national members include every spacefaring nation, wrote Joshua Finch, a NASA spokesperson, in an email to Wired. The project of setting the time on the moon is wrapped up in navigation and communication systems, which depend on precise timekeeping. After all, astronauts will need to know exactly where they are, when they are, and how to coordinate with others. On Earth, we rely on rubidium atomic clocks aboard the U.S.'s GPS or Europe's Galileo satellite systems. The signal from the satellite tells you both the time and exactly where you're located. Most of the technologies needed for moonlight are already available since the ESA and NASA already have satellites orbiting Earth, but the moon project comes with its own challenges. For example, if one were to place an atomic clock on the moon and compare it to an identical one on the Earth, the lunar device would gain 56 microseconds every 24 hours. That would add up, eventually messing with the precision of navigation systems. This misalignment happens because of general relativity, thanks to the moon's lower gravitational pull, says Patla. Technically, the ideal measure of time would come from an atomic clock in the vacuum of space, where there's essentially no gravity. Atomic clocks on Earth are affected by the planet's gravity, but they're a known standard. Lunar time would be affected by a different gravitational pull that would contribute to the additional microseconds. Still, it's not a huge problem. The lunar time offset is predictable and can be corrected. The ESA is planning to launch a technology testing satellite called Lunar Pathfinder by the end of 2025 and then have Moonlight's initial operational capability ready by the end of 2027, with a dedicated satellite providing limited communication services and a first navigation ranging signal. The full constellation of most likely four satellites would be operational by the end of 2030. On a philosophical level, these programs represent a profound shift in the concept of timekeeping, says Nesvold. Throughout most of human history, we have used space to tell time by including the plants and stars and phases of the moon, she says. It's only relatively recently that we have come up with this idea of clock technology, which lets us coordinate with each other without having to depend on space. And now we're implementing this technology on the moon itself. Make sure to check out our other Wired podcasts. Today in Wired Business, a new security tool aims to actually deliver the network insights and coordination that AI security tools have long promised. Checking in on Wired Science, we found out how plastics are devastating the guts of seabirds. And on Wired Security, North Korea is now mining crypto to launder its stolen loot. Listen to these stories and more at wired.com podcasts. Thanks for listening to Wired. Check back in tomorrow to hear more stories from Wired.com.